to another Tudor Cameo episode. These very short episodes, or should we say semi-short, a few of them have been a little bit longer, will be slotted in between the normal ones and will cover those characters who made a fleeting yet tantalizing appearance in other episodes. We don't always have a lot of information about them, so they can't have a full episode on their own, but they are too interesting to abandon completely, and they help fill in the gaps and enable us to create as full a picture of the era as we can. And today... Richard Delapole. Yes, we've done quite a few Delapoles. Yes, so he's been in several episodes. <laughs> he's been in, yes, he's been in Jakob Fuga's episode. Yes, Edmund Delapole's episode. And John Delapole's episode. Did you mention him in Maximilian? I can't remember. Mm, don't think so. Okay. No, I think it was Maximilian adjacent, but it was Fuga. <laughs> If you want to be adjacent to Maximilian. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> well, we don't know when he was born, but he was the younger brother of John de la Pole, who was born in 1460, so sometime after that. Okay. Unless we go with the theory that it was actually John's son, in which case, quite sometime after that. Yes, and brother to Edmund de la Pole. Mm. But I did only come across that in one source, and I don't know where they got that from. No. We have no knowledge about him until the year 1500, when he was at a meeting between Henry VII and Philip the Fair. And the reason Richard was there was that Henry was trying to convince Burgundy that there was peace in England and there were no problems between Yorkists and Lancastrians anymore. <laughs> so it was quite useful to have a dillapole or two for Henry to drape his arm around and say, look at us, we're just one big happy family. <laughs> with clenched teeth. But despite being part of the happy family, in 1501, Richard fled abroad with his brother Edmund, and he was attainted alongside Edmund and another brother that we haven't covered yet. Oh, William. Oh, yes. William's, William's the youngest, if I remember We don't hear correctly. a lot about him, do we? No. We might, maybe we will in the next season. In March 1504, Richard went to Arken with Edmund, and Edmund ran up a load of debts in Arken, yep. not least because he was expecting help from Maximilian, so, and also, if Maximilian was to be believed, from the King of Denmark. <laughs> and the that ships. help had not been forthcoming. <laughs> from either. One may not have even heard of you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so poor Richard, like Bianca Maria Sforza, was left as security for the debts. And I read that Richard complained of harsh treatment in Edmund's company. But I couldn't work out whether he felt like Edmund that he wasn't getting all he deserved as one of the family with a claim to the throne, or whether the harsh treatment was actually coming from Edmund. Oh. So. I don't know either. I didn't read anything about that. Two years later, he managed to gain the patronage of the Bishop of Liège. And again, I'm not sure if that meant that the bishop paid the debts or just acted as patron for him, so said, no, he's all right, he's with me. Hmm. But Richard managed to get away from Arken. Not because of his brother. <laughs> No. <laughs> and by the autumn, he pops up in Buda in Hungary. And this seemed to be a good move for Richard. Henry VII demanded his return, but instead Richard was given a pension from King Ladislaus VI of Hungary, which is nice. But I wonder why. Was it just to get back on Henry? And did, did he, did Ladislaus, I don't know enough about the Hungarian side of it. To, to Neither do I, it and now would, I'm curious. Whether it would... He had anything against Henry, or whether he Maximilian was saying, "Don't 
don't give him back. He's he's useful. You'll never you never guess how useful these people can be. Right. I don't know. I don't Henry know will give between. you money if you keep mm. him. Hmm. Leaping forward to the death of Henry the Seventh and the accession of Henry the Eighth, Henry the Eighth proclaimed a general pardon, but not for Richard, Edmund, or William de la Pole. So William's in there too. Hmm. Fifteen twelve, England and France were at war and Louis Twelfth was backing Richard as a claimant to the throne. And a bit prematurely, I thought, because Edmund's still alive. <laughs> he's in prison, <laughs> but he's still alive. <laughs> but I suppose Louis had Richard. He didn't have Edmund. Yeah, bird in hand. Mm. Later that year, Richard was commanding an army of Landsknecht mercenaries, oh. the Maximilian's boys, yes. during the French invasion of Navarre. And I'm not going to say anything about the French invasion of Navarre. I looked it up, and my goodness, it's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not relevant here. So he was fighting for Maximilian. He was fighting for Louis at this point. For Louis. Mm. Wow. Okay. Against Navarre. Right. Which is uh, Spain. Yes, but leading Maximilian's troops. Uh, yes, he's got he's got a he's got Landsknecht. Now, whether Maximilian had control over all Landsknechts or whether they became it became a word for German mercenaries as a Altogether. whole. Altogether, oh, mm. okay, okay. And then he led troops against England at the siege of Terouanne. Ooh, <laughs> it was an interesting battle. <laughs> it was an interesting battle, since it was Henry the Eighth and Maximilian against the French. James IV said that he'd invade England unless Henry got out of France. And then Henry and Maximilian's troops started fighting each other. <laughs> oh but I think that's goodness. something to look forward to for the next season. <laughs> Holy cow. Yes. So Richard, who thinks he's the king of England, or could be the king, is now fighting against the English. That never goes well for people who do that. He's fighting against the English king. And English troops. And English troops on French soil. So maybe he... Leading could... possibly German mercenaries still? <laughs> yes, and encouraging the, encouraging the Scottish king to invade from the Holy north. Holy <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yes. I think you've got two massive egos there, haven't you? You've got Henry VIII and Maximilian. Yes. And then you've got One's Richard. intelligent, one's deluded. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even sure which way around you've got those. <laughs> <laughs> In May 1513, Edmund was executed and Richard took the title of the Duke of Suffolk, which, as we all know, Edmund had been forced to give up, so... Richard was hardly liked to be given it, so I think it was something that Richard just took on and said, look, I'm the Duke of Suffolk. But since Edmund had fought, but battled <laughs> to get that. <laughs> Edmund or Richard? Well, Edmund fought to get it, didn't he? I think yes. Richard just, just took the right. name. I, right. don't think, I don't think it was, you know, I don't think Henry agreed. I wouldn't no. have thought so. No. Richard now claimed the throne for himself. Of course he did. He recruited an army to aid him, including Thomas, the son of William Stanley, who'd been oh. executed back in 1495. Oh. Mm. So, yes, descent was in the Stanley blood. Or his son was pretty miffed at having his dad executed and was after yes. revenge. Yes. 
So as all systems go, Louis XII was apparently providing a fleet for Richard to land in Scotland. And then Louis and Richard would do joint invasion of England. Okay, so everybody ready. It's all set. Yeah. But then Louis and Henry make peace. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So just like his dear old dad, Henry VIII demanded the return of de la Pole. And Louis said, no. (laughs) But he did take his land snacks away from him. And he handed Richard over to the Duke of Lorraine for safekeeping. So I think Louis was saying to Henry, look, I can't, I can't send it back. It's, it's just not, not on. But I can put, put him, him aside. aside. Yes. And try, try and stop him from being any trouble. Let's put him in the cupboard over there. Yes. <laughs> put him on the naughty step. <laughs> well, Richard did pretty well for him there. He was in the town of Metz. He became a Burgess. I'm not quite sure what that is, but it sounds very official. And he introduced horse racing to the area, oh, which is gambling. a good, good or bad thing, <laughs> depending on your view of horse racing. <laughs> and as part of the peace with France, Henry VIII offered his sister Mary to Louis as his wife. Oh, yes. And so the marriage between Mary and Charles was off, and that was largely because Henry wanted to get Richard safely where he could see him. On the scaffold. So there's a touch of deja vu there. Isn't yes, there? <laughs> yes, there is. So all this claimant stuff, it's not just for season one. There's going to be season two as well. It's going to keep going. Mm. But Richard hadn't given up his claim. Louis XII died and Francis I took over in 1515. Richard was trying to recruit men to him from Calais and Tournay. And because the soldiers from the garrisons hadn't been paid, they were quite tempted. And then Henry VIII and his advisors were also toying with the idea of sending assassins over to sort Richard out. And you think, why didn't you think of that? Why didn't you do that beforehand? (laughs) It's like all those crazy schemes. And you know what? Just use a blade. Done. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what we need to do, which which doors does he go through? Yes. Let's smear something on them. And which one? Oh, but if you're holding it, it's dangerous for you too. Hmm. Let's just put it down. It probably isn't. No. In 1516, there were reports that Francis was planning to invade England with Richard this time. But Thomas Stanley, William Stanley's son, changed sides and offered the English information about Richard in return for a pardon and safe conduct. Why? Well, we don't know. We might find out about that in season season two. two. Mm. I don't think he's on our list at the moment, but he could be. Stanley said that Francis was providing Richard with a pension of 4,000 crowns and that Richard Prospects had considerably improved. No kidding. He now had liveried servants and very Ooh. fetching blue and grey. I like blue and grey. I'm sorry, I don't like the Tudor colours. <laughs> <laughs> Not a fan. <laughs> but the problem was Richard was rather behind in paying them. Of course. And that was, a, that was useful information for Thomas Stanley to be able to pass on to the king. Yes, because he can now pay those liveried servants and mm. in his... I think he was suggesting it was sort of a vulnerable point for, for Richard. Mm-hmm. Get at the unpaid servants and they might deliver him into English hands or indeed just kill him. Yeah. That's, that sounded like Ali of Rick's factor. Just kill yes. him. Just kill, just him. kill him. Why is he still alive? <laughs> also at this time, summer 1517, Richard was said to be in contact with... Dun-da-da. Can you guess who? The King of Denmark. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> And the plan was to invade England from Holstein in Denmark. 
Oh, so he actually has spoken. The king knows who this is, and this is a possibility. Nothing came of it, though. Of course not. <laughs> so did nothing come, did, did again nothing come of it because the king of Denmark hadn't been informed? Or did the king of Denmark just say, nah, I'm oh not getting my. into this? 1519, and Maximilian died, bless him, and there was a free-for-all for the post of Holy Roman Emperor. Richard was sent as an envoy to Prague to try and drum up support from Francis I, which was a waste of time, as we saw in Jakob Fuga's episode, because if yes. you haven't got if you haven't got a Fuga, no, you don't get you don't to be Holy Roman Emperor. Yep. Unfortunately, in September that year, Richard was caught in bed with a married woman Ooh. and had to hide out with the Bishop of Lorraine, where he stayed for three years. <laughs> Which I thought, what an odd paragraph that is. <laughs> Hammering on the, the door of the cathedral, <laughs> the bishop's like, let me in, I've just been caught in bed with a married woman. Oh. In 1522, France and England were at war again, and Francis I gave Richard command of some landsnechts again. Oh. Richard may have thought he was being discreet, but Cardinal Wolsey knew his every deed and thought. Of course he did. Which shows how important it is to pay your servants. <laughs> <laughs> and I got the impression that Richard was in a the difficult position that he couldn't drum up support unless he could show he was going to invade. Okay. But Francis wasn't prepared to commit to an invasion mm. unless Richard could drum up support. <laughs> it's one of those. It is. And we've seen that with Perkin and several others. Yep. I always thought that Richard was the damp squib after John and Edmund's attempt to coup, but intercepted letters show that discontented people were gravitating towards him. Really? Hmm. In 1524, Francis I invaded Italy, and Richard went too, so presumably they've put the invasion of England on hold for a bit while they go and sort (laughs) out Italy, as people often had to do, didn't they? Yes. Hang on a minute, I'll sort that out in a minute, I've got to go into Italy. On February the 24th, Francis was captured at the Battle of Pavia. And if you think back to our Jakob Fuga episode, this might be ringing alarm bells. Yes. Since it was during this battle that Richard was killed. Oh. And he was buried in the monastery of San Agostino in Pavia. So he never got back to England? No. Hmm. He never became king. No. Turns out. Definitely no. not. <laughs> Richard had been known as the White Rose, which is odd because Perkin was known as the White Rose too. Yes. <laughs> Think of more than one. The messenger told Henry VIII, quote, the White Rose is killed in battle. I saw him dead with the others, unquote. To which Henry replied, quote, all the enemies of England are gone, unquote. Liar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great news for Henry. He need never worry about a Dilla pole ever again. Oh, sure. And that is the life of Richard Dilla. Dillapole. And you have to hand it to the Dillapole boys. They don't give up, do they? No, and they still manage to somehow find income with absolutely no skills. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, they, they, they do get people to look after them. And yes, I do feel that do. people are looking after Richard with this one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. Running, to, running to various bishops and things and saying, can you look after me? I seem to have done something a bit naughty. Can I, I come in? It. <laughs> I'll confess, I promise. <laughs> yes. Well, I don't have to confess. It's all over town. Oh, yes. no. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Richard. That's Richard. And that's the last one we'll do this season, I think. Yes, but one more de la Pole to go in the second season. 
Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. And we'll join us for our next episode. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you.